morning, everybody. Uh, welcome back to the The Graden Bulick Show. Uh, hope you all are doing well, staying safe, uh, keeping yourself socially distanced. Today, I'm joined by a special guest, uh, the voice of the Oklahoma Sooners, Toby Rowland. Toby, how you doing this morning? I'm doing good, Graden. How are you today? Doing good. Very, very excited for this interview. Um, I've listened to you ever since you became uh, the guy at Oklahoma uh, on the radio in 2011, and... Uh, you know, this is a dream come true to be able to talk to you today. Well, I appreciate that. That's very nice of you, and uh, I'm excited to get to be on your show. Thank you. Um, so we're just kind of jump into it today. I've, I've interviewed two or three people during uh, these insane times. Um, but, uh, Toby, how have you been dealing with these crazy times? You know, it's, it's certainly different. Um, we would – well, I'll just go back. I had the back surgery in February. And so I was out for uh, the last three weeks of the college basketball season and uh, was just gearing up to get to come back and call the NCAA tournament. And then, of course, after that, the college baseball season, when uh, all this went down, uh, when we had the stoppage of play between the Jazz and Thunder in Oklahoma City, and then the sports world shut down after that. So uh, I'm super antsy to get going again i've been uh i've been down for about three or four weeks longer than the rest of the world um so there's no games to call i, I miss it uh i miss college baseball this time of year uh, i love the race for omaha and being around the team being around the coaches uh it feels empty it feels like there's a there's a hole right now but we're getting along fine and this is obviously an exceptional uh, time in American history and world history, and um, and uh, just trying to enjoy being in, with my family more than I get to normally be with them during a season like this, and and they're still keeping us busy, uh, providing content for radio broadcasts and podcasts at the University of Oklahoma and things, and so uh, just trying to make it through, hoping every day when you wake up there's some good news, and, and sooner or later we'll be back out there things to normal again. Yes, sir. Um, I 100% agree right now. Uh, March Madness would have uh, would have been going on and just ended, I believe, a couple of weeks ago, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, yeah, it's definitely one of my favorite times of, uh, of the year sports-wise in the sports world. Uh, I love Oklahoma basketball, but my dad's from Kentucky, so I'm a huge UK fan. And uh, not being able to watch them this year with him is, has been different. Um, it's something I, I definitely miss. And, and yeah, college baseball was just about to start ramping up. Uh, I go to Southwestern Oklahoma State, and um, we were we were ready to, to make some noise uh, in the baseball season, as well as the softball season and rodeo season, and those those were all cut short. And then uh, the day <clears throat> our girls were heading up to uh, Missouri for the women's basketball tournament at the Division II level, they... Uh, yeah, they were already up there, ready to go, and and then the the news broke, so they had to come back home, and they were excited to make another run. Uh, last year, they made it to the uh, national championship game, lost in double overtime, was a heck of a season, and uh, they were excited to make another run. So yeah, right now is definitely a huge time in the sports world, and uh, like you said, we we miss it dearly, and can't wait can't wait to to get back at it. Um, so I've seen some of the videos you've been posting and uh, you've been, you know, doing commentary on things, random people things are doing. Uh, how's that been going? You know, it's been fun. Uh, it's 
it's something to keep me uh, entertained. Uh, it's fun to get to call something, even if it's a, a little kid and his dog. Um, you know, I don't get to do basketball or baseball right now, so it's uh, it's keeping me entertained, if nothing else. And I think that there's a lot of heavy news out there. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of... Uh, uh, we're getting inundated with news about the virus and deaths and, and the economy. And uh, every once in a while, we just need to take a break from it and, and have something a little lighter in our lives. You know, I've kind of figured out myself through this, I'm a bit of a news junkie, um, so I like to watch the daily briefings. I like to keep myself up to date on on what's going on with medical breakthroughs, and but I can't watch it after dark. Once the sun goes down, I got to give my brain a break and uh, just find some regular TV or some old games or something to watch that will uh, allow my my brain to kind of go to sleep at night. So. I think that's pretty normal for everybody out there. And, and these little, you know, they're 45 seconds or a minute. It's not much, but it's a little something to give you a break from from all the serious news that we're dealing with on a daily basis. And, um, Sooner fans, uh, this is a, a, a unique situation where this isn't normally happen. And maybe uh, I get to call your son or your daughter or, or your dog or whatever the case may be. And, it's a, a little memento for them to keep for the rest of their lives. So it's been it's been fun. Well, yeah, I've definitely been entertained. Um, I've seen several of them. I know you continue to post them, and, and I think that's that's great that you continue to bring sports into this crazy time. And, you know, you, you call games, and you're just bringing a little bit of what you do to to, to lighten the mood, as you said. Um, and that's that's been great. I, I hope uh, my, my podcast, my interviews have brought some – some distractions, some good distractions to to my listeners and and to sports fans uh, across the state and across the country to uh, just be able to listen to something other than like you said the news where everything is just kind of uh, doom and gloom. Uh, there's no doubt about it, and I'm, sh- I'm sure you have. So, <laughs> some of, you just kind of got to keep chipping away, you know, keep pounding the rock, and hope that sooner or later this all breaks loose and we have a medical breakthrough and we can go back to doing the things we love. Yes, sir. Um, so a little more about you. Uh, I've listened to you again since 2011 when you got the job. Uh, how has this journey for the last nine years been for you uh, being at the University of Oklahoma? You know, it's been amazing. It's uh, I know you hear the phrase, it's a dream come true a lot, but it, it really has been for me. I, I'm an Oklahoma kid. I grew up in uh, Mustang, Oklahoma, and I uh, wanted to get into broadcasting. I knew in college, uh, but would have been happy doing a million things. I was at Channel 9 for several years and loved that. Had a radio talk show and loved that. But the, the number one greatest thing that you can do, the thing that brought me the most joy was calling games. And the opportunity to do it for the school that I love, the school that I grew up rooting for, a school that my heart belongs to, is um, a dream come true. And it's been even greater than I could have imagined I imagined it would be life-changing, and it has, but the opportunities that it's afforded, the places that it's taken me, the events and games that I've had the opportunity to see and call in just nine years is really remarkable. And even more than all of that, the, the people both at the university who I get to work with and work for and the fans have been just 
unbelievable. Uh, I work for, for Joe Castiglione on the OU side of things and Eric Barnhart on the Learfield side of things. And uh, you couldn't have better bosses who give me leeway and creativity and the ability to kind of put my own stamp on uh, the way that we go about calling games. And, uh, and then the fans have been so uh, welcoming and have, uh, the reaction's been great. And it would have been easy for that to go a different direction, you know? I mean, following on the heels of a legend like Bob Berry, uh, it's hard to hear another voice when you've heard the same voice for decades and decades. And uh, it would have been real easy for them to not be as welcoming of me as they were, but they've been wonderful. And I hope that this is just the first uh, nine years of a whole bunch more because I can't imagine for me having a better job anywhere in America. Yeah, I would agree with that. Oklahoma, uh, the University of Oklahoma, the football team has been uh, a part of my life ever since I was five years old. We moved to the Lawton area. My dad was in the military. Um, um, and we moved here when I turned three, uh, from Kansas. And again, my dad, my dad's a huge basketball fan. Um, he grew up again in Kentucky and, you know, watched those teams, uh, the great teams that Kentucky had. And that was, that was my sport growing up. But as soon as I moved to Oklahoma, well, out here, it's a little different. It's more football than it is basketball. Um, and, uh, so I, I had a buddy at, at, at church introduce me to the, to the Sooners and, Ever since I was five, I've been, you know, a diehard Oklahoma fan. And, uh, you know, being able to, once I grew up and started listening to, to different things and then found found you guys on the radio, it's, you know, it's just, again, I, I can't imagine how great this, this job has been and uh, for the last nine years. And, and the fact that you've been here for nine years is is amazing within itself because a lot of people aren't able to, to find a job like that and stick with it. Um, you know, promotions, demotions, stuff like that, things happen. But you've been able to, to stick it out for this long. And, uh, yeah, I can only imagine how great this opportunity has been. Yeah, it really has. It really has. And uh, I'm so thankful to the people who trusted me with, um, you know, that share. It was They took a leap of faith on a 37-year-old about a decade ago who had experience, play-by-play experience, but not as much as some other people who were also uh, seeking the job. And so uh, Joe Castiglione, President David Warren, and Bob Stoops, and everybody that went into the decision, I owe a debt of gratitude forever that they entrusted me with this. And, and I remember that. I mean, I, I kind of uh, want to make them proud going forward. Yes, sir, of course. So as, since you've been at Oklahoma uh, for the last nine years, but you've also, like you said, grew up an Oklahoma fan, um, what are some of your all-time lifetime favorite moments? Uh, and it, again, it doesn't have to be just OU. Uh, but and then, uh, what, are, what? Yeah, what are your, some of your favorite uh, sports moments um, in, in your lifetime? Oh man! Well, I'll tell you. I'll just go around like my other favorite teams. I, I uh, it's interesting you're a Kentucky fan because I got a little Indiana in my blood. Oh, okay. And okay. so we are uh, bitter rivals yes, in that regard. Um, but I went to high school in Indiana. I grew up in Oklahoma, went to high school in Indiana. I'm a big Cincinnati Reds fan. And the 1990 World Series, when they swept the Oakland A's, is uh, one of the, my favorite sports moments. I'm a big uh, Indiana Pacers fan before the Thunder came along. And so Reggie Miller was always my hero. And uh, Reggie Miller versus the New York Knicks were uh, some legendary matchups when I was growing up that I always think back to. Uh, but... 
I mean, most of the great sports memories that I have revolve around the University of Oklahoma and watching Wayman Tisdale, watching Stacey King and that team that ran to the national championship game in 1988, uh, watching Billy Ball, how much fun it was to watch Billy Ball back in the day. Of course, Barry Switzer and his teams uh, seem to always come down to the Nebraska game every year. We're going to get a chance to play for the national championship. So uh, those are probably, you know, just as a child, in this position, calling games, I think, you know, two or three of my favorite moments would be uh, Buddy Heald and that team that went to the Final Four. Yes, sir. The best moment of a thousand great moments that they gave us came in Anaheim, I think, in the Elite Eight game when right before halftime, Buddy hits a, a big three and they take a big lead into the locker room and he turns around and he, and he shows his number 24 to Kobe Bryant who's sitting a couple of rows behind us and Kobe was what Buddy's biggest hero and of course wore the number 24 and uh, what a special moment that was and, and obviously we remember that now in light of what's happened with Kobe this year. Um, I think the football game in the against Alabama in the Sugar Bowl uh, in 2013 was was a real highlight for me. It was such a you know, there was such a big underdog that night, and to win it was a big moment for the program and a big moment for Bob Stoops. Uh, I remember that broadcast being one of our better broadcasts we've ever had. So that would be one of my favorite moments as well. And and then we haven't got to Omaha yet since I've been on the mic in college baseball. I'm, I'm still waiting for that. That will be. Uh, it's going to happen. It might have happened this year. We had to stop. They had a great team this year, but uh, I'm really, really looking forward to the day when, when maybe we can uh, get the chance to call a game in Omaha. Well, absolutely. Uh, probably one of my favorite sports moments uh, was um, I talked about it on my last show with uh, with one of my uh, – he's kind of my boss, uh, Doug Self. He's a sports information director at Southwestern. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, – one of my favorite moments was when in 2012 when Anthony Davis and that Kentucky team um, went on to win the the national championship game. That was probably one of my one of my favorite moments, and and we kind of discussed how how championships are very are, are super defining for for not only teams and players but definitely fans, and uh, they kind of solidify uh, the the love and the passion you feel for a team. Um, some of my Oklahoma. Favorite Oklahoma memories was my first OU game. I believe it was in either 2007 or 2008. I can't remember, but I know it was against Texas Tech. And I honestly believe it was the game where we broke the, the sound record. And uh, I'll never forget. Um, I don't remember what, who it was, but there was a player who got hurt. And I have never heard a stadium be louder for when he gave the thumbs up. And... I mean that that is probably one of my favorite Oklahoma sports moments. And again, like you said, the uh, the the Final Four run that basketball team had uh, Brian Spangler, uh, Buddy Heald, the list goes on. Um, that team really, I think, not only embodied Oklahoma or the University of Oklahoma, but I think the state just hard work and dedication and passion really brings out the best in 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 a team. And that that team, like you said, just gave us a thousand moments. Um, uh, even in the Big 12 tournament, uh, they gave it. Buddy Heal just kept hitting shot after shot after shot, and it kept you know Oklahoma alive. And it was just it was amazing to watch. Um, and then probably my favorite Oklahoma sports uh, football moment was was like you said, in, uh, when they beat Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. Um, one of my best friends actually got to go to that game, and he showed me pictures and videos of everything. And I'll never forget the 
it was all crimson in the stands. But after that, you could definitely tell it was just Oklahoma crimson after that. And uh, it was that was that was definitely a, a great moment in uh, Oklahoma football history. Now, uh, the question I hate asking because it brings back so many bad memories for me. What are your summer? What are some of your least favorite moments in in sports? Oh man, least favorite moments. Um, I, I remember when OU lost the national championship game to Miami in the uh, Orange Bowl. I remember as a kid crying myself to sleep that night. <laughs> I, mean, I think probably number one would have to be the nineteen eighty eight national championship game. I I was just uh, heartbroken. I was convinced Oklahoma was going to beat Kansas. They were going to beat them easily. And, you know, they, they had they had gotten through the hard part of that tournament. And now all they had to do was beat Kansas, mm-hmm. who they had already beaten a couple of times that year. And I was so devastated, stunned and devastated that they didn't win that game. And I just knew they were the better basketball team. And uh, to, still to this day, man, you bring up 1988. It's hard. That's the first thing I think of, and not to have that national championship banner hanging at the Lloyd Noble Center. Uh, that, that hurts. Um, you know, I can't. In the last, you know, since when you're on the microphone, it's a little different. Yeah. Because you want you want them to win. Obviously, um, that's the team you're you're paid by and and supporting. And, and um, but at the same time. When you're calling the game, you're so wrapped up in the job that you're doing that the number one priority is making sure you're executing your job correctly. And you want the broadcast to go well. And you want uh, your part of the broadcast to go well and and for it to go home accurately and entertainingly and all that goes into that. I find myself a lot of times uh, being on a high after a game that OU lost because I felt like the broadcast went really good that night. Yeah. And there are some times when I'm in the dumps after a game that OU won because I felt the opposite. I mean, yeah. the broadcast was not good. We had some technical difficulties or I botched a big play or whatever the case may be. And so my mood and joy in a game is as much tied, if not more so, to the quality of the product that we put out that night as it is to whether OU won the game or not. And sometimes that's a little difficult for teams to understand or for people to understand. Yeah. But, I mean, this is your this is your job. This is your profession. And you're working. And you want to do the best you can every time. And that's why when a great game coincides with a great broadcast, when you really have a good broadcast, mm-hmm. and it happens the same night as you really have a great game unfold, Yeah. Those are special. That's what I'm talking about with that OU Alabama game. Like we had a great broadcast that night, and it also coincided with a great game. And uh, it's just you're on top of the world when something like that happens. So my probably my worst moments over the last nine years would be more related to things that happened when broadcasts went wrong. You know, the the best example of that is uh, we played Texas Tech in Lubbock the second year. Uh, that I was calling games, so it would have been 2012. I believe that's right. And um, OU won the game. And they had a big pick six in that game. And uh, I, you know, called it. And then after the game, I'm in the car driving.
driving home and I hear the highlights come up on uh, ESPN radio or Fox, whatever I was listening to. And they played one of our highlights from the game and, and I called the Javon Foster had a pick six for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And it dawned on me at that point, there is no such person as Javon Foster on our team. I had, I missed the name. There's a Javon Harris. Yeah. And the other uh, team, Texas Tech, had a running back named Deshaun Foster, I believe. Uh, something Foster, anyway. And I had mixed the two names together, and Javon Foster had the play of the game. And he doesn't exist. And I, I don't remember. That was the longest drive. I was so mad at myself. I was so embarrassed. And uh, it ruined it all for me. OU won the game, but it ruined the entire game for me. And, and I remember it obviously vividly here seven, eight, nine years later. So when things like that happen, those are the worst moments. When, when, you, when yeah. you screw up your job or you have technical difficulties at a big moment uh, that don't work, when you your post-game interview with the coach uh, doesn't come through clearly or techni- technicality keeps the you know, there's a glitch in the game-winning touchdown, or whatever the case may be. Exactly. That's that's what keeps me. That's what makes me angry. Whether they win or lose, I mean, I want them to win. Don't get me wrong. I want them to win. But I'm at my age. I'm not devastated. Yeah. When Oklahoma loses a game, I can still go home and I, uh, you know, I've got three kids and a mortgage and a family, and I want everything. So it doesn't ruin my day like it does when you're a kid when oh, your favorite yeah. team loses a game. But if I if a broadcast goes sideways, it definitely ruins my day. I completely understand. There are times where uh, I was the the sideline reporter for for Swansea football this past season, and uh, there were definitely times where after a game, it didn't matter how well they played, whether we won. There were just times where where I knew, um, especially the first part of the season when I was kind of getting trying to get into a rhythm of things, uh, being on the air. It was definitely there were times like you said you just you knew you screwed something up or something didn't sound right or you know all the things that go into it. And you're just everybody's like, "Hey, great job, man!" And you're like, mm, "No, not really. There's there's definitely something I screwed up on today." But yep, yep. but yeah. Um, Toby, I'm gonna have to start. So my least favorite sports moments. Uh, one of my all, my all time least favorite is when Oklahoma uh, and Florida played in the national championship game against uh, or Oklahoma and Florida played in 2009. And Sam Bradford and that great offense went up. Uh, I said this in the last last show uh, against a juggernaut of of a team at Florida, and uh, we were up at halftime. You know things were going well. I was super excited, and then Tim Tebow gave the greatest halftime speech ever, and led uh, Florida to a comeback win. And I was at uh, we were at one of our older houses, and I just remember, like you said, you cried yourself to sleep. I definitely cried myself to sleep that night. That was uh, definitely one of my lowest moments as an Oklahoma fan and uh, can't wait to finally top that top that mountain and get a national championship that uh, that I remember of course we won one in 2000 and I was I was alive then I just don't remember it and uh, can't <laughs> it's wait gonna happen. it's gonna happen soon yes sir I got faith in Lincoln yes yes I think every Oklahoma fan does um, so a couple more questions uh, this past football season's uh, season was probably one of my favorites Jalen Hurts uh, the leader of that offense Kenneth Murray, and I, I just named those two guys because I really believe they were the, the leaders on that team. Uh, but you have, you have C.D. Lamb, and the, again, the names just go on and on and on. Um, being those guys, and how was watching Jalen Hurts, first of all, become a part of this team? How, how was that experience? That 
was very interesting. Um, certainly, unlike anything that that we've seen in the last, well, maybe ever at OU, but certainly in my time there, uh, for a guy with his resume to come in from the outside, yeah, um, and then try to assimilate, they, they assimilate him into their scheme, into their team, into the culture, into the tradition of the University of Oklahoma was interesting. I think it went great most of the time. Yeah. I think it didn't go great sometimes. Uh, You know, he came in with a mindset of how he felt things needed to be done, and um, he was definitely a leader, and I think, you know, most of the time that went perfectly great and then a couple of times it rubbed people the wrong way so it was that was a highly successful season listen if you go to the college football playoff it is a highly successful season i know it ended disappointingly but the day we stopped counting trips to the college football playoff as uh, as a success we probably uh need to think about giving up sports i mean that's so hard to do and the the programs that would uh you know, give anything to get the opportunity to play in a playoff, much less as many as Oklahoma has, is uh, hundreds. And so hopefully we're going to win one of these things one of these days. But it was a great season. I do think that you'll see next year a little more of a comfort zone with Lincoln and his style with whichever quarterback he goes with, whether it's Rattler or Mordecai uh, or Morris. I think it'll be Rattler, but whoever it is, I think you'll see a little more comfort zone with the way Lincoln likes to try to move the ball down the field. He certainly uh, did an unbelievable job adapting his offense to Jalen Hurts. It was still one of the top two or three offenses in the country. But I think you'll see him rely a little more on the air attack, a little less on the quarterback run game. And um, it'll probably look a little bit more like it did with Baker and Kyler than it did uh, last year. That's, I mean, I think you hit the head on the nail. Uh, the nail on the head, sorry, and uh, that's exactly, Jalen Hurts was a running quarterback, and we knew that coming in, and uh, Lincoln did a great job adjusting his offense, and uh, I think it worked beautifully to sometimes, and then there were times where you could definitely tell it wasn't it wasn't comfortable for everybody, you know, either watching or playing, and uh, I think this year we'll definitely, we'll see a turnaround. Um, and then we'll, we'll switch over to the defensive side quickly. Uh, Kenneth Murray, uh, watching him grow over the last two or three seasons, how what was that like? I mean, he, he was an absolute terror on the defensive side. What a tremendous young man. I mean, that's the first thing I think about with, with K-9 is uh, what a delightful young man. And he turned into a monster on the field, but he is the most tender-hearted, uh, kind individual off. He's really got it off the field. He's really got a heart for the community. He's really got a heart for helping kids at the Children's Hospital. Um, He had a huge impact on so many youngsters over there at the OU Children's Hospital that just thought he hung the moon. I'll be a kid of Murray fan forever. I thought on the field, he was amazing. He he played as a freshman and gave it his all and was in the wrong place a lot of times. It took a lot of criticism from fans and from analysts and just a lot of people who didn't honestly think that he could play, much less as middle linebacker. And for him to mature and stay after it and work as hard as he did and learn um, and put himself in the position where now he's going to be a first-round pick in the NFL draft Easy. is just a real testament 
you know, what, what hard work and determination can do for you. If you take coaching, you listen to coaching, and you, you know, give it your all, that's what you do. Now, he's got incredible gifts. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's uh, chiseled like a Greek god, and he's, <laughs> uh, he's got the height and the speed and all that kind of stuff. But he worked his tail end off to be as good as he was last year and to be a first-round draft pick in the NFL. And if he can stay healthy, and I really hope he can, he'll, he'll be a starting middle linebacker for somebody for 10 years. Yeah, he was definitely probably my favorite defensive player to watch over the last few seasons. Um, and then, you know, two years ago, he had that amazing game against Army um, with breaking the, the single game tackling record. And, I mean, that in itself is, is impressive. But to, to continue the way he did, that not only uh, the 2018 season, but even last season, um, people might have seemed it as a drop-off to the season before. But I think that was just him growing and maturing like you, like you mentioned. And uh, watching him play was was definitely super fun for for everybody as an OU fan. Um, so, Toby, in closing, um, sports have been something that gets the world through these kinds of situations, uh, tragedies, you know, different things of that nature. What are you looking forward to most about the sports world getting back on track? And then, what are some words you would leave our listeners with today? You know, I think that. Um... Listen, I'm 46, and I'm well aware that sports is not the most important thing. Yes. You know, we've got uh, people that are hungry. We've got people that are lonely. We've got people that are sick. And, uh, and so I don't want to overstate the importance of sports, but I also am very much aware that it is immeasurably important at the same time. And I think back to uh, the Murrah Building bombing, bombing in 1995 and what that did to our community and how it stopped sports for a while. And 9-11 and how it stopped sports for a while. And the more tornadoes in 2013 and it just ripped a hole in us. And how at every occasion a part of the rebuilding was sports. Part of the rebuilding was communities coming back together, nation coming back together and healing through a shared experience. Whether you're an OU fan or a Kentucky fan or a New York Yankees fan or whatever the case may be, we share an experience together. We high-five, we hug, we cheer, we tailgate, all those kinds of things. And we get back to our normal lives, and it's a sense of normalcy. It's a sense of community, and we need that. You know, we're a little discombobulated right now, or a lot discombobulated. We're not sure what to do with ourselves. Uh, our normal baseball games aren't on at night, and the NCAA tournament, the golf events that we plan our lives around, and little league games, and soccer games, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, we're thrown off. We're, we're we're all sitting around saying, "What you know? What's going on? When is the world going to get back to the way I I know it?" And sports will be a big part of that. So I guess that's what I just leave people with. This, it's, this is going to be over. It is. And I don't know. I'll let other people argue about when that is. But at some point, it is going to be over. The, the world is not going to be wiped clean from the coronavirus. I mean, it's, we're not all going to die here. Yeah. Uh, at some point, this is going to end, and we're going to get a cure for this thing, and we're going to go back, and things are going to be like they were before. Now, it might take some, some time to get it back to, but it is going to get there. And I think that that gives me encouragement every day that, um, you know, 
Yes, sir. Sports definitely keeps keeps the world going to an extent. Uh, like you said, shared experiences, and that's that's something we are missing right now. Toby, I really appreciate you coming on with me today. Um, had had a great time, great interview, and uh, was super glad I was able to get this done. Hey, thanks, great, great job. You did a great job. I appreciate it, and uh, good luck to you. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. You too. You guys stay safe. Listeners, want to thank you guys for listening today. Uh, Again, we had Toby Rowland, the voice of the Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, We will have more interviews, uh, more articles, everything going on for you. Stay safe out there. This is Graydon Bulick signing off for The Graydon Bulick Show. We'll see you next time.